Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There seems to be little doubt as to his true identity, for in no other form is the full regalia of the horned god of witches so well preserved. The birch, apart from its phallic significance, may have a connection with the initiation rites of certain witch covens, rites which entailed binding and scourging as a form of mock death. The chains could have been introduced in a Christian attempt to bind the devil. But again, they could be a remnant of pagan initiation rites. Maurice Bruce. Hello again, and welcome back to another Horror Shots podcast. Now, you must forgive me this week. I have come down with a little bit of bronchitis, so if things sound a little off or my voice suddenly cuts out midward, that's why. But uh, thanks for listening nonetheless. Now, if you listened to the last episode, you'd know this is part one of many about demons their lore, history, and their mythology. But first, a few things to get out of the way before I start. A little bit of house cleaning, if you will. As always, your support does mean the world to me. And just by listening, you're warming my darkened heart just a little bit. But if you want to do more, you most certainly can. I do have a Patreon account, which you can pledge to and become a patron. Patrons get access to things like transcripts, a shout-out, on the cast and never-before-seen pictures from my photography studio, so on and so forth. Bunch of little perks in there. After all, every little bit does help, especially around this time of year, but I also understand if you can't or don't want to. There's no shame in that at all. But now onto the fun stuff. Every season or holiday seems to have some sort of figure associated with it. Halloween is pretty self-explanatory. Easter has the bunny. Christmas has Santa Claus. Right? Well, yes, but there's also another nefarious entity associated with the Yule time. It goes by the name of Krampus. No, it wasn't just a terrible movie released in 2015. It was actually based off a real demon-like creature somewhere out of central to eastern Europe. And in some countries like the Czech Republic and Croatia, to name a couple, Krampus is a companion of jolly old Saint Nick. But who was Krampus? Well, as mentioned, he was part of Saint Nick's gang. But he wasn't a friendly sidekick by any means. He donned horns atop his head. A long, pointed tongue came from his mouth. Hoofed feet and a large, furry body. In other words, he's more or less the Western description of, you guessed it, Satan. Which happens to be an anagram for Santa. Coincidence? Probably. Nevertheless, he was the evil to St. Nicholas's good. Legends state that when St. Nick knew if a child was being naughty, he would send Krampus to deal with the troublemaker in a number of ways, including beating them with a bundle of sticks, whipping them, or even kidnapping them via sack or wicker basket to take them away to hell for a year as sort of a lesson. To me, that seems like a bit of a steep transition, smacked with a bunch of sticks or taken to hell. But I'm not Krampus, nor am I Santa, so I guess I don't get to make the rules. Historians and folklorists haven't been able to pinpoint the exact time Krampus came into legend. However, 
They're certain that, like Santa, he does predate Christianity. An interesting bit of folklore is that December 5th was known as Krampusnacht, or Krampus Night. This was a particularly nervy day for children, as they didn't want to attract the attention of said creature for fear of punishment, and in hopes that on December 6th, or, or Nikolaustag, St. Nicholas's Day, they would receive presents from St. Nick. It's a clever way to have particularly troublesome children behave. If the promise of gifts wasn't enough to straighten them out, surely the threat of Krampus would keep them in line for at least a little while. A little more digging into Krampus revealed something quite interesting. Krampus does indeed predate Christianity, as aforementioned. However, many believe that his origins come from pagan beliefs, as do many ancient and current variations of legends and religions do. Krampus happens to be from the Norse mythology. It's said that Krampus is the son of Hell, a Norse god. However, his name is derived from the German word Krampin, which translates into claw, which is fitting, giving its terrifying exterior. Like many religious or mythological characters, he does also draw traits from other cultures, most notably the Greek culture. His appearance is strikingly similar to that of a satyr. Furthermore, he's evolved, giving him more of a menacing and perverted presence in the sense that he's grown into lusting after particularly buxom women. Even demons, maybe especially demons, have needs too, I suppose. The legend was so admired, if that's even the right word, during the early 20th century, the government outlawed the Krampus tradition. This was about the time of fascism, and the Nazis came into power in Europe. And anything that wasn't Christian was deemed unpure, and therefore illegal. But the belief lived on, and post-World War II, the Krampus festivities picked back up. Even today, in places like Austria, young men dress up as Krampus and run around their towns shaking canes, chains, and sticks at onlookers. It's worthy to note here that Krampus, although a demon-looking beast, isn't necessarily evil. And I've had this thought on many a demons before as well most notably Satan himself. Sure, Krampus is more or less Santa's punisher, hurting and abducting kids, but ultimately he's doing it for good. Not everybody can be the good cop. Uh, most of us who grew up with two parents knew one of them was the disciplinarian, and the other was the giving one. It didn't mean one loved us less, it just meant that somebody needed to enforce the rules. Krampus is just that, punishing people to ensure that there is respect and peace around the world, which is pretty admirable. I mentioned that as a trait of Satan, too. Sure, he's depicted as a tempter whispering in the ears of people to get them to do awful things, but what's his overall purpose? Punish those who do wicked things. To me, that sounds almost like a prison. Are wardens and police officers evil demons for stopping those who commit crimes? No. If Satan, or Krampus in this case, were actually evil, malevolent beings, they would punish the good doers and praise the wicked right? Anyway, it's just a little small tangent there, something I've thought of in the past, and I will probably bring up again in later casts. But you know what's another tangent I have to go on? The Spoop Hour podcast. I mentioned them last week, and I swear, if you haven't checked out their stuff yet, you have to get on that. Courtney and Sasha are brilliant together. They have a lot of fun while talking about spooky things. It's a wonderful juxtaposition. Their chemistry is immaculate, and they really make you feel like you're part of the conversation. Check them out everywhere you can get your podcast. Just search Spoop Hour, and you can't miss it. Also, follow them on Twitter and Instagram as well for any updates they throw your way. 
But back to Krampus. Unfortunately, like many legends and myths, there aren't really a whole lot of real-life encounters to talk about. Does that mean Krampus isn't real? Probably. I do like to keep an open mind, but admitting the reality of Krampus sort of pigeonholes me into believing in Santa, which anybody over the age of eight knows isn't real. Now, that hasn't stopped me from scouring the web for stories, but everything I've found has been, at least to my interpretation, fiction. Rip-off, creepypastas, or reddit-no-sleep-type stories on various blogs. The true unfortunate part about all this, though, is that no stories mean that the cast will once again be a short one. Maybe even a little bit shorter than the last. It's not all bad, though. These shorter casts mean I can get a few more done in a month than I previously thought. Digging through books and internet searches is very time-consuming, and then writing a four to 5000 word script on top of it takes even more time. Although the shorter casts might not feel in-depth, I can assure you that I didn't take any shortcuts with finding information. In fact, the most in-depth piece of information I could find came from the National Geographic itself, which only really had a handful of paragraphs. So there isn't much information beyond the lore that is available. But with it being the holiday season and all, I wanted to throw out a Christmas-related cast. So you can enjoy it during the holiday season. Maybe listen to it on Christmas morning with your family. Not a bad idea. As always, I want to thank you for listening in, and if you want more creeps or scares, feel free to check out my Instagram at horrorshotsphotography, all one word, or my website at horrorshotsblog.wordpress.com. And of course, if you have any stories or comments you'd like to share, feel free to contact me through the Horror Shots blog website. Until next time, happy holidays.